Welcome to It's a Single Mom Thing, the show for single moms by single moms. This is Sherry, your host, and I am happy you are here today. Remember, it's a single mom thing and not the single thing that stops you. Welcome back to another episode of It's a Single Mom Thing. So we are going to close out this three-part series on co-parenting doesn't have to be complicated with Jay and Tammy Daughtry of Co-Parenting International. So today is probably the most interesting conversation I've had yet in this series as we discuss bio-attachments, bio-fog, bio-time, and step vision. And if you heard me in the last episode, I did say this is not an Avengers movie, but this is a show that you are definitely not going to want to miss out on. So kick back and enjoy the show as we pick up right where we left off with my co-host, April McKnight. And one of the other things that you guys are so amazing at and so um, plugged in with is this this other concept of blending a family. So, okay, so now you've gone through this divorce, you're co-parenting, you get that under control, and God is bringing somebody new in your life, right? I know for me, you know, having a blended family, it's been an amazing blessing, but it's also got its own challenges, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're bringing... Yeah. A stepmom, stepdad, maybe additional children, and how do you do this? Like, what? What's the next step with blending a family? Well, I think a great place to start is is what you mentioned before. Uh, Ron Deal has some amazing stuff out there, but just the concept of crock pot instead of microwave mm. that is so important, and the research shows that it takes about seven years to fully blend. And, and that's really critical, not to be overwhelmed by the idea, oh, this doesn't take that long, but there are things you can do that make that go better, right? What I would call, you know, the seasoning, right? You can throw the right things in the crock pot, but you also want to throw in the right seasoning. <laughs> and so I would say the seasoning in that crock pot comes down to some of these dynamics we'll talk about, which first and foremost, one of the most critical things we need to understand when we come into a step family is there's a dynamic that we talk about called competing attachments. Mm. And this, in you'll understand it when you hear it, but this is why it's so hard. This is why it takes time, right? Mm. So I'll just use Tammy and I as, as a, a great illustration of that. I had three, she had one. We come into the same house together. So it's a house like any other house. We're trying to be a family like any other family. But there's these extra dynamics at work and these competing attachments that we don't see. And what that looks like is my son, Jaron, who would leave trails of clothes everywhere he went, it seems. You know, it's like they'd just fall out of him or something, right? And Mama T would be like, okay, can we pick the clothes up? Uh, Why do we have dirty socks in the hallway, right? And so, and she could see that very clearly. It's like, We've said this, everybody's expected to pick up their stuff and put it in that place, not just leave it in the middle of the floor and especially in the public hallway, right? And so she'd get frustrated about that and she would see it very clearly and she would speak to it vehemently, right? Because it's (laughs) happened for the umpteenth time. Well, I'm Jaren's bio dad. 
I have this bioattachment that is innate. I have all this history. I, I held him the first day he took his first breath, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all this history there that creates this bioattachment, and that's the way God made it. He, he makes that happen, and it's, it's deep. It's deeper than we can even understand. You can't articulate that depth, but you know it if you're a parent, right? And so because of that, I have what we call biofog. <laughs> what that means that. is very simply my attachment, that bioattachment creates this very subjective lens that I look through, right? And so the biofog is like, well, yeah, he left his socks there, but, you know, he had the choir show coming up and they've been rehearsing for three hours after school. He's super tired and he's trying to keep up with his studies, too, and all this stuff is happening, you know, Gotta cut him a little slack, right? He's just, he's working so hard to do everything he's doing, right? right? Yes. So, so you see, there it is. Now, what do we have? We have a competing attachment. Mm -hmm. She loves Jaron with her whole heart and he loves her. In fact, he was the one when she asked the question, hey, what do you want me to call you? He said, well, just call me your son, mm, right? Wow. That, that's how he felt about that. So, so we're in this situation. It's not that she doesn't love him, but she has what we call step. Vision. Step vision. Ooh. Step vision. Right? Step vision. Ah, it's ooh. very so, clear. <laughs> yes, it's very clear and it's very objective. Oh. But here's where we go with that. If my biofog is too heavy and I don't address it, it can look like I don't care what she thinks. Right. Oh, and now that attachment between us is stressed because of my attachment to my son. Mm. Competing attachment. Boom. Right? She has an attachment with Jaron, but it's developing. It's not fully formed. Right. And so when I see her objective view, that clear black and white view, sometimes it feels harsh to me. And mm -hmm. maybe even to Jaron. Right? And so competing attachment. She has attachment to me. Hey, back me up. You're a parent here with me too. Oh, I see this going on with Jaron. Why isn't Jaron doing that? Well, because, you know, and all of a sudden, we've got competing attachments going three different ways, right? And the challenge is, when I have an innate attachment with my child, it's like I'm handcuffed to them. Our bio-attachment is like I'm handcuffed my kid. And so if my child's over here handcuffed to me and I'm holding on desperately, to my new wife's hand, we have a developing attachment. So there's no, we don't have handcuffs yet. Mm -hmm. It isn't that developed yet. It's working on it. Yeah. And we have a commitment and a covenant and we're doing everything we can to build this relationship up. But even when I know she's right and they need to do this, there's an expectation they're not meeting, I can still feel that pull. And it can get to the point where it stresses and we're just holding on by our fingertips, mm. right? And so that's why research shows very clearly we understand that the divorce rate within our country is somewhere between 50-some percent, even as high as 60%. Yeah. That's first-time marriages. Mm. Second-time marriages, it can be anywhere from 70 to 75%, and this is why. Mm -hmm. Research shows clearly the number one factor in making sure that that second marriage lasts, survives, and thrives is the couple 
The couple bond. The couple bond has to be 100%. Mm. It has to be worked on daily. Why? Because it's developing. You have all these innate attachments in the home on both sides, possibly, which was our case. She's got a bio-attachment and bio-fog with Angelia, and I've got step vision, right? <laughs> and so there's constant misfires, right, because of that. And so it's like a pickup ball of basketball, right? Pickup game of basketball. Well, if you have a pickup game of basketball, you don't have a referee. So what do you do? You call your own fouls. Mm. And so the awareness of my biofog doesn't give me the right to say, well, I've got biofog, so just deal with it. No, it's my responsibility to say, oh, I got biofog. I have to lean in to the objectivity. Right, because I'm very subjective in that moment. I got these lenses on and I'm not seeing it through the fog. I gotta, let the, gotta get that fog to lift so I can really see, oh, here's the expectation and here it wasn't met and so there should be some sort of consequence. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, right? But I've gotta call that foul on myself because if she calls the foul on me, Guess what? <laughs> I get defensive and I fight, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. No, what do you mean I got by a fall? Yeah, well, you just uh -huh. got all this step vision. You're so mean. You know, it's like, <laughs> right? Movie. And, so, and so here's what happens. Something's going on with discipline in the kids. It ends up being our fight in the bedroom. Because yep. we're yes. trying to figure out how to do this. Because we have expectations that are supposed to be across the board for everybody, including ourselves. And then those expectations, where they're not met, we, of course, have consequences that are supposed to be a part of that process as well, right? Because we have to enforce the consequences. That's important, right? So we're the ones that have to work that out. Yeah. And we have to do that behind closed doors, and we have to find a way to figure out how to be aware of our own step vision and biofog because when I've got step vision because Angela is once again doing this or that and you know and I'm ready to go crazy because she's not listening and it's not getting done and we've still got to have that conversation mm -hmm. right and recognize and and at that point you know I have to say okay I'm being so objective it might sound harsh mm. let me take in some context because discipline is not just about here's the law, right. right? Because then we're pharisaical, we're all legalistic about mm -hmm. it. And that's not kind and it's not realistic, right? Yeah. So the first place our kids ever experience grace is in the context of family mm -hmm. and specifically in the context of that relationship with our parents. Yeah. And if they don't have grace for us, it's hard for us to understand what grace is. And so that is important. That's why context is important. So here's the law. There's the expectation. It's there and we know it's there and we care about it and we want to make sure that we address that. We can't let it go, but we also recognize context. Oh, what's happening for our child right now? You know, is it past nap time if they're younger, right? Are they hungry? Are they messy? You know, yeah. when they're little, when they're bigger, it could be. Oh, that boy broke up with her last week and she's really angry, you know, or, oh, no, she, you know, didn't make the, the basketball or cheerleading or volleyball team, you know, and with Jaron, it was a very real thing, yeah. right? They, he was in show choir. And I mean, man, when they hit rehearsal time, dude, it was just eat, sleep, school, rehearse, yeah. right? Yeah. So context is so important. And wow. that's part of what brings us into the same space. Mm -hmm. And we start talking about not just here's the expectation, 
but okay, what's context here? Let's kind of, what's happening with our child who's missing the expectation? And then, you know, we can address it in a way that's healthy because we're both recognizing I'm either having step vision or biofog, depending on who we're talking about. So <laughs> let me move more towards center because that, then we both move towards center and eventually we bump into each other. So, <laughs> and find a space that we can talk about the necessity right. of having discipline within our home, sharing grace and not just law, and recognizing that, yes, context does matter. Well, and, and one thing I was going to say, uh, a huge nugget that I think in blended families is important is what I call, we call bio time, that it's important mm-hmm. to have some proactive bio time, meaning the dad and his kids, the mom and her kids to have maybe once a month, a couple hours on a Saturday where they do something uh, with the people that they're biologically connected to. Mm. Because especially in the first year or so of a marriage, some of those kids might be really excited about this new family and some might not be, right? Because every age and stage of life is different. Kids respond differently to them getting married. Sometimes the kids are really excited. And then once you become, you know, you go from being their friend to being their step parent, you're an authority. Then they're like, oh, I don't like you now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those yeah. things are always moving and changing. So um, part of what helps kids um, to be interested in the bigger family unit is to be sure that they still have a little bit of alone time with their bio parent. And maybe it's, you know, you go bowling together, you go shopping together, you do something for a while, and then you come back together that night for dinner, right? And so it makes space for some one-on-one. And if, if there's a single parent like with Jay that has three kids, you know, we weren't great at this in the beginning, but, you know, if, if there's one thing we could do a little different uh, back in the beginning of our blended family is we would have been relentless to be sure that Jay had one-on-one time with each of the three kids separately and, you know, cause I just naturally from picking Angelia up from school and different things, I had some one-on-one time with her on a pretty regular basis, mm-hmm. but Jay with his kiddos, um, didn't have that as much. And, and with them being different ages, I think that's one thing we would have done different is we would have been more proactive mm-hmm. to be sure that he was having bio time with each of them, yeah. um, at least once a month so that as we were merging and and doing all the wild, fun stuff we were doing, mm-hmm. they still felt connected to their their first parent. And Absolutely. especially in the case where, you know, with Jay losing his wife and and mm-hmm. they, um, you know, are grieving, that's, that's something with, um, you know, blending families when there's been death. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, even more important. And there, I want to say there's a great book out there called Step Parenting the Grieving Child. Mm, it's by okay. Diane Fromm. Great book. I, I wish I'd had it <laughs> 16 years yeah, ago when yeah. we merged and blended, or I guess 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, met her several years ago and have gleaned lots of good nuggets from her. But um, So that can be checked out online too. But mm-hmm. anyway, so yes, competing attachments and biofog yeah. and step vision. And then that bio time um, is part of what makes mm-hmm. the bigger picture work better. Yeah, wow. and it sounds counterintuitive. And, and sometimes this will panic some folks, right? So if you've been a single parent for a long time and now you find the right one and you're gonna go ahead and blend the family and get all that going on, sometimes one of those two parents has been longing for this so much that the idea of splitting up 
and doing bio things freaks them out. So, but don't get freaked out. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but what it's going to do, it's sort of like stretching a rubber band a little bit, right? Giving them that bio time stretches a little, but then it pulls it back mm. and it makes it easier to blend because again, competing attachments, if one of those bio children is feeling like they're losing the connection that they had with their bio parent, they're going to push off and they're going to be angry and they're going to be frustrated. They might be mean to the other step sibling, right? Or the other step parent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that gets solved when there's intentional bio time. Like Tammy said, it seems counterintuitive, but don't freak out. <laughs> no one's pulling away. We're not undoing what, what mm -hmm. needs to be done. We're actually enhancing it and creating a way for it to flex and breathe. Because yeah. if we don't breathe, we suffocate. Right. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Love that. So before we close, um, well, first of all, it sounds like y'all are very busy. <laughs> so what is next for y'all? Do you have a new ministry that I hear on the rise or something that God's put on your heart? We have a new project we're working on called Unplanned Grandparenting. And it is a video series and eventually a devotional book and several other online things that will um, come alongside a family when they've experienced a, a surprise pregnancy. Mm. Uh, maybe a daughter who's in high school or college um, has a surprise pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Maybe a son that's contributed to a surprise pregnancy. Mm -hmm. We want to bring hope and help to their parents and thus to the whole family. Because unfortunately, one of the tough things that we've seen happen is that, you know, if a, especially a college-age student finds himself in this situation sometimes mom mom or dad will be like wow you made your bed go lie in it mm -hmm. and oh you got to move out and go figure it out and if there's ever a time that a young person needs the support of their mom or dad or both it's in facing that big decision what do i do i'm i'm pregnant or you know boyfriend's um panicking because he got his girlfriend pregnant and we don't want to be here to tell people how to do it all we want to give them a menu of options and a starting point because as as we know there are a lot of great pro-life resources that are available but if you've never been down that road and you have no clue that's the road you're looking for you might not know where to find it you know so we'll mm -hmm. point them first and foremost to their local pregnancy centers to find support there um, and then there's lots of ways you know to consider even a, a potential adoption if you're not ready to raise a child or co-parent and raise the child apart, or co-parent with your own parent. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of beautiful stories, a lot of ideas, and then kind of um, kind of like the middle of a bicycle wheel, you know, kind of we want to be the hub to, to point people out to all the great resources when they're looking for that. And, mm -hmm. and like Jay and I say, you know, people have this experience of day one where a child expresses that they've gotten pregnant or they've gotten their girlfriend pregnant. And we want to say to those parents, hey, don't panic. Mm -hmm. Don't panic. Don't push your kids away. Lean in. Love them. And help them know that you're with them and that you're never going to leave them or abandon them. Because that's what they need more than anything mm -hmm. through that process. So, yes, that should be launching um, this fall. And it'll be – You can if you want information on that, you can go to our website at Co-Parenting International. Sign up for the grandparent link. And we'll, we'll email you when that's ready. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today. I mean, it's just been absolutely amazing. So many nuggets of information um, that we're going to be able to take 
and just use and and minister to so many single parents mm-hmm. in our community um, and and all over. And so thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for mm-hmm. just the lives that you've lived and the the families that you impact every day um, with uh, co-parenting, step families, and now this um, unplanned grandparency. We're just so, so thrilled and um, so thankful that you guys are such a great resource to our community. So Mm. thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you. And thank you. I think for the biggest thing is, is that you gave hope today. Mm. I'm sure that whoever's listening to this, they, when they're done listening to this recording, they will have left with hope in their heart. They may have hurt, but there's hope. And we know that God is the author of hope and love and that he will write a new story. Yes. in their life just like yes. he did in your story yeah. and he's done in april's and he's done in mine yeah. amen and so with that i hope everybody you know as we like to say it's a single mom thing it's not the single thing that stops you that i hope that that's what you really heard today and that you leave here with hope and if you have questions about how how to have a relationship with jesus or you have questions or need prayer you know you can call 855-822-PRAY anytime we are here for you and just thank you for being here with us today we thank you tammy and Well, that's it, my fellow solos. As we conclude this series on co-parenting doesn't have to be complicated. Did you know that if you subscribe to this podcast, instead of searching or streaming it every day, two things happen. First, it's a single mom thing gets delivered straight to you. Second, more subscriber means that we are available to more solo parents to find. In fact, we will start popping up on more cool podcast charts that help you, this ministry, and future solo parents. Can you do us a favor and please take a moment to subscribe in whatever platform you are using to listen to me talk? I can tell you as a solo parent myself, I sure do appreciate it. Have a wonderful week and remember it's a single mom thing and not the single thing that stops you. Thanks for listening to It's a Single Mom Thing. I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you have more questions on how to have a relationship with Jesus or your prayer, visit us at www.shepherdsvillage.com backslash prayer. For more information and resources, check out our show notes.